Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Now, notice that we have not said we're coming to an end of this 21 day, this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, because I hope that even though we've spent 21 days uh, in, in a time of devoted prayer and a time of devoted fasting, we hope and we pray that this becomes a spiritual discipline throughout the rest of your life. We're going to talk about fasting today and dive into a little more of what the Scripture tells us, what Christ told us about fasting, what the early church has told us about fasting, and why that is so vital for our life. Over this past few weeks, though, one of the things that we've been encouraging you to do is give God the first 15 minutes of your day. And I hope that you've been doing that. If this is the first time that you've been with us over the, the past few weeks, or if this is your first time today, what we are just encouraging everybody to do is to wake up and spend the first 15 minutes of their day with God. We see in Scripture, and I, I want to go back and re-preach or re-talk about what we've already done, but the thing that we see in Scripture is the principle of firsts. God wants the first of everything, and He deserves it because He was the first and He is the last. And so what we've been encouraging everybody to do over these, uh, this time of, of 21 days of prayer and fasting is wake up each day, and as soon as you can, preferably the very first thing, before you do anything else, spend 15 minutes with the Lord. And it's been so awesome to hear how some of you have been doing that and what the Lord has been stirring in you and how it's been a fresh new start for your day as you give God that 15 minutes. And what we're doing in that 15 minutes is we're spending the first five minutes worshiping and then five minutes talking to the Lord and then five minutes listening and sensing what the Lord has for us in that day. And so if you've not been doing that, I want to encourage you to do that because I truly believe that if we give God the first, then we're going to have enough time to do everything else. But if we forget to give God the first, then we are going to discover that we never have enough time. I don't know how it works, but I know that that's how it works with the Lord, not just in our time, but in every other area of our life. So today we're going to talk about fasting. Uh, we've talked about fasting a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I know that fasting is, is really not a popular to a topic. It's not a popular spiritual discipline that you hear taught about um, in, in, at this point in the life of the church. Uh, we see it throughout the church history. Uh, but if you were to go uh, and Google all of the sermons that you could watch on fasting, there's a lot less than most other subjects. And we have coupled prayer and fasting together, and um, it's been exciting for me to see. I didn't know so many other churches did or were going to beginning to do the same thing. I guess it's like the awareness, like I talked about last week. Once you buy a car, then you see similar cars exactly like that everywhere. But it's been so encouraging for me to see so many other churches that are doing the same thing that we are doing at the beginning of this year. And you know what that tells me? I think the Lord is up to something. I really believe that. 
I think that God is beginning a fresh move of his spirit to draw the church back to seeking his presence first above all things. So today as we dive into the spiritual discipline of fasting that we've been practicing and we want to continue to have with our walk with the Lord, as I said, it's not a very popular topic. There are a lot more other sermons out there on prayer than there are on fasting. But what we see in the scripture are these two things often coupled together over and over and over in scripture. And so maybe you've never fasted. Uh, maybe you've uh, never really thought about it. Uh, maybe you've thought about it, but you just don't want to. Maybe you've tried it and you're like, well, that's not really for me. I hope that you listen to the scripture that we're going to talk about this morning with a fresh uh, perspective and really lean in to what I believe God is going to say to each and every one of us today. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading at, uh, we're going to go back a little bit, but start reading at verse 5. And we're going to see exactly what God is saying here. You know what? Let me, let me move forward, and then let's start reading at verse 9. I want to fast forward. We're going to start reading at the Lord's Prayer. As the Lord, ha- or Jesus, has modeled this for us. We talked specifically about prayer last week. This week, we're going to transition from prayer into fasting. And so this passage of Scripture, uh, the most famous sermon that's ever preached, Jesus preached it here, the Sermon on the Mountain. And here, Jesus dives in with the Lord's Prayer, and then he talks about fasting. So let's read through these passages of Scripture. In verse 9 of Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray, Jesus' words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Verse 16. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disguise their face or disfigure their faces to show men that they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will actually reward you. And I want to focus at the end of that passage of Scripture. We've talked about the importance of prayer. We've talked about the importance of fasting. But as we put these two passages to Scripture together, what we see here in the middle of that is something very important that Jesus wants to know that I think is a if you will, for lack of better words, a byproduct of our time of prayer and our time of fasting. Jesus talks about, he talks about giving, he talks about prayer, he talks about fasting, but right there in verse 14 and verse 15, there's something very important that I believe comes together when we seek the Lord in prayer and fasting, and then we're going to get into fasting, and that is forgiveness. One of the important things that comes out or that's produced out of our prayer and fasting is what we discover in seeking Jesus and putting him first in all things, we begin to forgive other people in the way that Christ has actually forgiven them. In fact, one of the things that Jesus says is if you forgive other people, your sins will actually be forgiven. But if you harbor a bitter spirit, if you harbor a spirit of unforgiveness, then there's no way because you hold that against other people that you will receive forgiveness from your Father. Because whenever you seek, uh, you 
seek forgiveness from God and you repent, what happens is you begin in his image to take on his heart, and his heart is a forgiving heart in the same way that he forgave each one of us. And so in prayer and fasting, I hope that the Spirit has been stirring in you some things that you actually need to forgive in other people. Because this is vital as we move forward and God continues shaping us in His image. But here in verse 16, 17, and 18 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus really hones in on fasting. And I want you to grasp the last part of what Jesus said here in verse 18. Because this is what I kind of want to focus on, and we're going to focus on for a bit this morning. When Jesus said, so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And listen to this. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And this is the key for our fasting. It's something that's actually between you and the Lord. It's not something that you're going to rent billboard space. You're going to rent uh, a column in the newspaper, and you're going to talk all about your fasting and everything that you've done in a proud or boastful way. What Jesus is saying is whenever you enter into this time of prayer and fasting, and you're putting Jesus first above all things, one of the things that you have to do is seek Him first. And whenever you're seeking Him first, what has to happen is you yourself come after that. As you move forward and continue seeking Him, and He's shaping you more and more in His image in the way that He's created you, then what happens is you yourself start to get lower and lower and lower on the totem pole, if you will. God is first. And then there's other things in here, and we are down here. And so what Jesus is saying to those that He's teaching this message to on the side of the mountain is you've got to put God first. You're putting God first in every area. He talks about giving. He talks about prayer. He talks about forgiveness. He talks about fasting. And the purpose of fasting is really making sure that Jesus is first in all things. In fact, Jesus' brother in James chapter 4 verse 10 says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. James is giving us the key of what comes out of our prayer and fasting time as we humble ourselves for the Lord and we put ourselves lower and lower and lower and put Him first. And whenever we do that, and again, it's one of the mysteries of God, God begins to lift us up. And so I wonder what it would be like for each one of us if we put God first in every area of our life. If we humbled ourselves before the Lord and said, God, you're first, and I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to give everything up so that you can be first in every area. Maybe you've been begging God, and, and I, I don't want to get into you, I don't want you to think that, oh man, he's going to finances and this, because that's not what I'm not, what I, what, I'm, what I want to share in this is a very significant point that Jesus pointed out. When you put God first in your finances, and you humble yourselves, and you're like, nope, God, you are first, then he's going to lift you up in some of those other areas of finances that we actually need. But what we do is we get things backwards so often in our culture, and we say, okay, I need a financial breakthrough. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek the, for the, I'm going to seek and do everything I can for the financial breakthrough. And I'm going to help God out, and I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. But what we discover sometimes when we step back from that, we're seeking the finances and we're not seeking God. And what I'm telling you, what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 6, you got to seek God first. He's got to be the first. And that's why we're saying you have to spend time with the Lord at the start of your day. He's got to be first because then everything else is going to be added in that day. When that's the whole point of fasting. 
You're sacrificing something in your life so that you can intently focus on God. Now, whenever you think of fasting, one of the go-tos where our mind immediately goes is it immediately goes to food. And so when I begin, I'm going to share a little bit of what um, the Lord stirred in me as I was praying, God, what is it that you want me to fast from? And I fasted from a couple of things over this past week. And it hasn't, I haven't fasted from food. I went in thinking, okay, I'm going to give up this um, in food, and that's what I'm going to be fasting from. But as I prayed and I sought the Lord, the Lord began to reveal some things that were occupying space in my mind that he wanted to occupy that space. This might seem uh, crazy or trivial or whatever, but this past Sunday afternoon and then Monday morning, I was praying, Lord, this last week, what is it that you want me to fast from? I'll give up whatever. I want you to be first in every area of my life. Again, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to give up food, and this is what it's going to look like. And one of the things that the Lord said to me is, I want you to give up. I didn't bring my phone up here. I want you to give up playing games on your phone. I don't play a lot of games, I thought. But there's a couple of games that I like to play that stretch your mind. Like, I'm not playing these crazy games where, like, everybody's killing everybody and all that. I mean, if you do that, that's, that's you. You can do that if you want to. But I, I play these, like, mind stretcher games to where it really helps your mind. I want my mind to be sharp. And so I, I play these games. And what I discovered over the course of this last week is I pick up my phone a lot. And I, I didn't realize this. But I pick up my phone a lot when there's a pause in the day. And I'll open one of the games. There's three or four that I play. And I'll open it, and I'll begin to play that game. And I didn't realize how much time I was investing in that. And so Sunday afternoon, when the Lord said this, I'm like, okay, Lord, that's what, I, that's what I'm going to do. I want you to be first. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not stretching this at all. It wasn't 10 minutes later. I picked up my phone. We're just sitting in the living. I picked up my phone. I went to open one of those games. I'm like, oh, wait, I can't do that. That's what the Lord wanted me to fast from. I set it down. Several times throughout the, the evening, that's what, that's what happened. I didn't realize how many times I was picking up my phone. And so one of the things the Lord said to me is, whenever you do that, I want you to pick up your phone, and instead of opening one of those games to stretch your mind, I want you to open the Bible app, and I want you to read another chapter in the Scripture, and then read another chapter in the Scripture. And, read an, and you know what happened? I begin to realize that that space in my mind that I thought was sharpening, you know, it's keeping me sharp. It's, it's some, some brain puzzles and it's some, some, some brain stretches that you need. What I began to realize is I had a clarity in my mind over the course of this last week because I wasn't doing something that the experts said were great games to keep your mind sharp. Instead, I was diving into the Word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword. And so for me... It was killing some time in the day to keep my mind sharp. And the Lord said, that's what I want you to fast from. I can't tell you how hard that has been. But I'll tell you, I haven't played a game. But I want to ask you, what are some things that are occupying some space in your mind, in your life, that the Lord says, would you just give that up? Would you just give that up so that you and I can get closer together? Would you just allow me to occupy that space in your mind? 
You see, I'm fasting from games. I was planning to fast from food. You don't have to fast from food. There's a lot of things that you can be fasting from. Games are one of those things. Maybe it is food. Maybe it's coffee. Oh, no. Right? Lord, please, no, please. Um, But listen, I really believe, because I've experienced it so many times in my life, if you'll just have a conversation with the Lord and say, God, I want to be your son and daughter, shaped in your image and do your will. Is there something in my life that is occupying my life, my time, the space in my mind, maybe my finances, maybe some time in relationships? Is there something in my life that I need to fast from and give you that time? And if you will have that honest conversation with the Lord, I promise you that God will show up and he will say, this is what I want you to give up. And the way that that works is it's one step at a time and one day at a time. You know what? I still find myself just sitting there, reaching over to my phone, about to play a game, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to dive into the next chapter and read another chapter in the Word of God. What would the Lord say to you if you ask Him those questions? You see, we often think that fasting is about the sacrifice. But what we discover is it's not necessarily about the sacrifice. Yes, you do sacrifice. But what we discover is the sacrifice brings you in alignment with God. Because the things of this world get us out of alignment with God. And whenever we pray and sacrifice and seek God, we begin to come in alignment with God. I want to take you back to Missouri where I grew up. The road that I grew up on was a gravel road. Hated living on a gravel road. But what happened over time, there became less and less gravel, and there became more and more mud, and there became more and more potholes on our road. Now, whenever I was first driving, and I would get, we lived out of town several miles, and I would get to the uh, road where you turned off the paved road to get to our gravel road. Well, I would get to that road, and I would think, I'm home. And I would fly down that gravel road to get to our house. Sometimes it seemed as if I skated over the potholes that were in the gravel road. But the majority of the time, my wheels would often find those potholes in the road. I've shared with you the first car that I had didn't have shocks. Uh, It was just, well, it had shocks. They were just worn out. It was one that my grandparents, they had a a car, a car lot, and, and they're like, this is one we can't sell, and so it's yours. And so I would go down that road and just bam, 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 bounce, bounce, bounce all the way down that road. But what happened is the more that I drove on that road carelessly, it knocked my car out of alignment. And so the problem was not only then driving on that gravel road, but it was also driving on the paved roads. And my car would start to wobble just a little bit. And then it started to shake a whole lot. And one of the days, I'll never forget it, I had several people in my car. My car was shaking, and I thought, I don't know what's wrong with my car. I didn't want to tell anybody there was something wrong with my car. And uh, we hit um, a little tiny bump on on a paved road, and uh, the car was shaking so much after that that it knocked my glove box open. And so I thought, okay, I've got a problem. I need to tell somebody. Anyway, 
I tell my grandpa we eventually uh, get the car in alignment. They put some shocks on the car and anyway and so forth. I tell you that because I was willing to drive a car and experience the inconveniences that was out of alignment. And the problem in that alignment was it not only affected the way the car was going, but it began to affect several other things that was actually on my car. And I had to get my car back into alignment so that everything else on the car would eventually begin to operate in the right way. If you take your car into the shop, they're going to bring it into alignment. And you think, oh, that's for my tires or that's for um, the steering mechanisms and all that. No, it is for all of your vehicle so that all of your vehicle is not affected by something that is out of alignment. In prayer and fasting, we bring our spiritual life and our bodies into alignment with God so that all areas of our life begin to function in a proper way. And I hope that as you move forward in seeking the Lord in prayer, asking what is the thing that you want or things that you want me to fast from, that you begin to experience through that, you've got a clarity in your mind and you begin to come in alignment with the Word of God. You see, what we have to have in our life is the righteousness, the power, the wisdom, and the direction from God Almighty. Because whenever we think that we have things figured out, things begin to crumble. But whenever we have His wisdom, His righteousness, His power, and His direction, then we're in alignment with Him, and that's when everything begins to operate and function the way that it should in our life. And those things only come through the spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting coupled together. We discipline ourselves in order to get there. And the Apostle Paul actually wrote about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. This is what he said. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself, not, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What the Apostle Paul is talking about is you've got to bring your body and your mind into proper alignment with God so that the rest of yourself begins to function in the way that God has actually planned for you. And here's the beautiful thing about God that we discover in the Psalms, as well as throughout all of the Scripture, but more specifically in the Psalms. God knit you together in your mother's womb. He had a plan and He had a dream for you, and He created you exactly the way that He desired for you to be. God wanted you to walk in alignment with Him. But because sin entered into the world, we get out of alignment. And through prayer and fasting, we come back and get in alignment with God. Now, what the enemy wants you to do right now in this moment is maybe say, you're so far out of alignment, there's no hope for you. That's a lie from the enemy. Or the enemy wants you to say, oh, I failed. I've tried prayer and fasting, and that's not for me. Listen, that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy. 
God wants you to come into alignment with him, and the way that you come into alignment with him is through prayer and fasting. Just simply spending some time with God in prayer and saying, God, I'm going to give up something so that I can be in alignment with you, so that nothing is occupying space in my brain or in my life that you actually desire to occupy. You've probably seen, I'm sure, this illustration where you've got one jar that has some marbles or rocks in it, and you have another jar that has fewer marbles or rocks in it. The jar that's on your right can actually hold more of something else than the jar on the left. What we discover in prayer and fasting is we may start like the jar on the left with a lot of stuff in our life, but through prayer and fasting, we're becoming like the jar that's on the right so that we're emptying ourselves of self and other things so that we can actually have more of God. The goal is to eventually get to where we have emptied ourselves of all of ourself, all of the stuff in our life, so that God occupies all of our actual beings. This is what Paul was saying whenever he said, I take my body into submission. I take my mind into submission. So then I'm in proper alignment with God so that the things in my life begin to operate the way that God actually desires for them to operate. But what happens is whenever we commit to prayer and fasting, and those spiritual disciplines in our life. And whenever we're fasting and telling our body, you have to sacrifice something so that it really gets to the heart of God and removes everything out of the way so that I can be in tune and properly aligned with God. What we discover is the enemy begins to attack in a much greater way, doesn't he? I think that a lot of you have experienced that over these last couple of weeks as you've committed to prayer and fasting. The enemy has, been, has begun to attack in a much, much greater way. And I was praying this morning about the enemy's attacks and thinking about ways that we can stand against the enemy and have an awareness of the way that the enemy attacks whenever we commit to fasting. And we know that we're serious and we're coming into alignment with God. We're emptying ourselves. The way that the enemy attacks is as we get closer to God in alignment with God, then the enemy ramps up his attacks. So as I was praying about this, one of the things that I thought about is if, if I were standing down here on the floor, then where the enemy would be attacking is down here on the floor where I'm at. He's not going to attack me up here uh, on this platform because I'm not up here on this platform. But as we rise in our spiritual discipline and as we rise in our walk with the Lord, then what happens is as we stand in higher places, like on this platform, the enemy isn't attacking down on the ground anymore because that's not where we are anymore. We're in a higher place walking with God. So the enemy doesn't attack the way that he used to even a couple of weeks ago. He's attacking in new ways. He has heightened his attacks because we're growing in the image of Christ and uh, we're coming in alignment with the Lord. And so the enemy begins to attack in fresh new ways. He loves to send darts against everybody that is seeking God. His goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And wherever you're at in your walk with God, that's where, that's where he's going to attack. And so as you get closer to God, you're in alignment with God, he's going to attack in fresh and stronger new ways. 
But here's what I love about what God came to do for us here on the earth. God came to defeat the power of the enemy. Did you hear that? He came to defeat the power of the enemy. And Satan and his minions are defeated and they are powerless against those who are under the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the promise that we have as God's children. As we begin to come in alignment with him, the enemy does not have any power over us. He's defeated. He's lost. His attacks and darts are powerless. And that's why you've got to walk in alignment with God. Because when you step out from under that covering that God has given to us, you expose your life and those around you against the attacks of the enemy. And God desires for us to stay under his blood in alignment with him. And the way that you do that is through prayer and fasting. So over these past couple of weeks, you've probably noticed the attacks of the enemy have been ramped up. There's maybe been some abnormal, some crazy, even ludicrous demands in your life. Some distractions, if you will. Something that comes along that wants to occupy some space in your brain so that you're not giving God that first in your life. You've maybe noticed how the enemy's attacking in a fresh new way, not down on the floor anymore the way that it used to be, but in a higher place as you get closer to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've noticed that there's even been some people that have been grumpier towards you than they used to be. For no reason whatsoever, no explained reason. You know, what's happening is the enemy's distracting. And the enemy wants you to take the bait and step out from the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. So then that way, you're no longer in alignment with God, forgiving and seeking God and putting God first. You know what that is? That's a reminder from the enemy when you're going through those things. You're on the right track. Keep it up. You're seeking God and you're putting God first. Keep it up. What you're experiencing are fresh new attacks from the enemy. Maybe you've even begun to notice that there are fresh temptations that you weren't aware of in your life. That the enemy's coming saying, hey, take the bait. Take the bait. Take the temptation and get out of alignment with God. You've got to call those things out and remind the enemy that he and his minions are powerless and you're standing under the power and the authority of God Almighty and his blood. Remind the enemy that on the cross, he lost his power. Through the empty grave, he lost the consequence of sin in our life. Sin and death are defeated. And that's what the enemy brought into the lives of God's children. It no longer has power on us. And this is why you've got to commit to the spiritual disciplines of prayer and specifically fasting. Now, let's talk about fasting just a little bit more as we wrap up this morning. One of the uh, sections of the scripture that I was reading in the Old Testament, um, instead of picking up and playing a a mind-stretching game on my phone, I found myself reading through um, the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. We know the story. If you've been around the church, we know the story of Jonah and the great fish. Jonah was disobedient. God came to him said, I've got a a trip that I need you to take, and I want you to be my mouthpiece. And actually, Jonah said, I'm not doing that, and he ran the other way. Jonah ended up in uh, the belly of a whale or a large fish, and there God got his attention. Jonah repented and said, I give up. Reluctantly, he said, I'm going to go down, and I'm going to do what you want me to do, God. So we we know the story of, of Jonah and the great fish and Jonah and the whale. 
But as I was reading through the book of Jonah, I came across these two passages of Scripture, and I want to share them with you this morning. In Jonah 3, verse 7 through 9, this is uh, what we find is actually happening as Jonah has made some declarations there. By the decree of the, law of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. So Jonah eventually goes down. He's preaching for God. I mean, these were some evil people. You can study of what all was going on in Nineveh. And Jonah just begins preaching. And then finally, a, de uh, a decree is issued. A decree is issued. And it says, don't let anybody eat. We're going to fast and we're going to pray. And it's mind-boggling that here these people that weren't in relationship with God, that were living very, very sinful lives, knew that the way to come back into alignment was through prayer and fasting. They knew what they had to do whenever the prophet showed up and he began to preach, God is against you and he's going to destroy you because of your sin. You've got to come back to God. They said, let's pray and let's fast and let's get back into alignment with God. But look at verse 10 of Jonah chapter 3. Look what God does. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, how did they get there? Through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting, they turned from their evil ways. Listen, what happened? God, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. You see, prayer and fasting of the evil people in Nineveh touched the heart of God, and God said, I've changed my mind because you've come into alignment with me because through prayer and fasting, you touched the heart of God. I'm no longer going to destroy you. You see, they knew that they had to commit themselves to the spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting, and it was the two put together. They gave up food. They sacrificed their body. They came into alignment with God, and God said, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to destroy you any longer. Fast forward. You think, okay, that's Old Testament. We could talk about a lot of things in the Old Testament of what it was like to fast. Fast forward to the New Testament. In Acts chapter 13, in the very, very early church, what we see in Acts chapter 13, there were so many people that were gifted in the early church. As the Holy Spirit had showed up, and the Holy Spirit gifted them as prophets and teachers and evangelists. They had the ability to lead the church. They were gifted to do so because the Spirit was so powerful and at work in their lives. But in Acts chapter 13, what we discover is that they were committed to not relying on their own gifts. But we see in verse 3 that they fasted and they prayed. They fasted and they prayed in the early church. They weren't relying on their gifts. They weren't relying on their own abilities. They weren't relying on the things that they had experienced with God in the past. They were committed to praying and fasting. And God showed up and said, this is what you want. This is what I need you to do. You see, until they committed to prayer and fasting, they did not have the power, the direction, and the wisdom from God that was necessary the Old Testament, God called people to prayer and fasting. Fasting got a hold of the heart of God and brought them into alignment. 
In the New Testament, they just needed some direction from God. They were willing, but they weren't going to go out and operate on their own strengths. So they committed to prayer and fasting, and fasting got them to the heart of God, to bring them into alignment with God so that they were able to sense his direction. It didn't stop there. After Paul and Barnabas were actually sent out as a result of the prayer and fasting in Acts chapter 13, we get to Acts chapter 14, verse 23. And it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they put their trust. Prayer and fasting before they made any decision. Listen, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit and his power, his wisdom, his leadership and direction before we ever move forward in anything, not only in the life of the church, but in every single one of our lives as well. You need the Holy Spirit And the way that you come into alignment with God and his presence through the Holy Spirit guides and directs and speaks is whenever we are committed to fasting and sacrificing ourselves, crucifying the flesh so that it is submitted to the heart of the Father. And then through prayer, we come into alignment with God and then God begins to direct and God begins to move. So what I want to ask you to do this week Maybe you haven't fasted. Maybe you've thought about fasting. Maybe you tried it and it didn't work or whatever. Start afresh and anew today. And say, God, I want to be in alignment with you. I want to be your person. I'm willing. But I've got some things that occupy my mind. What is it that you want me to fast from? Maybe it's food. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's games. Maybe it's whatever in your life. There's so many things that we put above God that if we would have a conversation with God and say, God, what is it? What is it? What is it? He would show up and he would speak and he would say, remove this and watch how you come into alignment with me. Remove this and watch how you're into alignment with God. Here's what I know. If you'll commit to that, and you'll do it with a sincere heart, God will show up. God will show up. And think of this. God, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke the world into existence, wants you to be in relationship with him. And he will speak, and he will guide, and he will direct if we would commit in this moment to asking him whatever it is that he wants us to give up, maybe for a period of time, maybe forever, I don't know, but he will show up and he will reveal it because he is faithful. So would you commit with me this week to seeking the Lord in prayer and then fasting from something, asking him whatever it is? Maybe in this service this morning, the Lord has revealed some things to you already that's occupying some space in your mind or some things that are taking you out of alignment with him. Maybe he's already revealed some things to you this morning. I want to encourage you, don't end the conversation. Continue the conversation with him. And the way that you can do that is as we close our service this morning in song, you can spend some time in prayer right where you're at or at one of these altars. 
Or one of the things that you could do is if God has revealed something to you that you need to sacrifice to him, put it on one of these post-it notes and affix it to one of these crosses as a reminder that you're sacrificing that, you're giving it to God for a season. Maybe it's in this moment. You've committed to prayer and you've committed to fasting and you've felt those intense new attacks from the enemy that have been ramped up or elevated. It's in this time that we build ourselves spiritually closer to God, humbling ourselves, drawing near to Him, and we experience God drawing near to us, reminding the enemy that He is powerless. This is a great moment to strengthen, strengthen your walk with God. Thanks for joining us at White Chapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lead into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week.